0: Welcome to the Youth Development Professionals
1: Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started.
0: Welcome, everybody. We are excited to have you back, and we are excited to have Jenny Leibom. Jenny, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I am very excited. I nerded out on your YouTube page, which we'll talk about definitely, <laughs> but... Um, you know, as a camp nerd, as a nature nut, as crunchy granola, whatever you want to call us, you know, we're, we're kindred spirits here. So I'm very excited to have you on. Um, Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you doing? What's going on?
2: Well, currently I'm doing my nature play lifestyle type of work. I post YouTube videos. I'm working on a blog and my Instagram, and I'm working with kids that I used to teach at a forest preschool last year. So I came into this field really interested in engaging children in the natural world. I have been an outdoor educator for 11 years and I found The Nature Preschool was just a part of who I am. So it's definitely a big part of what I do currently, even though I'm not in the classroom full time with kids and I'm working instead to like help support families and caregivers and teachers alike, just work and figure out ways to connect children to the natural world.
0: Awesome. So the, I'll, I'll be honest, Jenny, the first video that I saw was your nature walking with students video. Talk to us a little bit. What do you feel the benefits are of having children outside, right? You know, dirt don't hurt. Right. And so yeah. what are those benefits that you see?
2: Well, I oftentimes think a lot about what I want to inspire in children and how I want to support their learning. And I think when we think about the outdoor space, There's so many different things that children are able to explore that we're not able to, you know, invite inside all the time. Children have to engage with their senses, right? They have to be able to feel different things and explore things that the way that they're meant to and what they want to. And that's why I do this work. And that's one of the benefits that I really see is that they're able to engage in the natural world in a way that feels natural to them. And I see children that are able to take risks and feel comfortable taking those risks. I see children gaining confidence and using their words when it comes to talking to each other and working things out when it comes to building a fort or building something in the mud kitchen that we have in our class space. So there's just so many different things that I feel like in an outdoor setting that children are able to do that maybe they're not necessarily able to do in an indoor setting and it's just amazing to watch them grow and change and develop when they are able to do so.
0: So you said two words, mud kitchen. Talk to us a little bit, Talk, tell us about your mud kitchen.
2: So right now, it, when I was in the classroom, it was full of different things that you would find in your kitchen. So you have pots, pans, wooden spoons, measuring sticks and measuring spoons and things like that that the children can engage with. And then they just build and they dig and they take that mud and build different things with the mud. So it's just a space for them to explore and discover and make things whatever they want in that space.
0: That sounds so I think we should make an adult one, Al. What do you think, you and I?
1: You know, and, and, and you say that, Jenny, and you instantly transport me to 1974 in South Pasadena, California. Uh, my best friend John and I, I was in fourth and fifth grade. This is the time period I'm talking about. And my, my friend John had this backyard house fort thing, and it had like stuff in it, including like this play kitchen. And we would, and we'd go over there, and we would dig out mud things, and make mud pies, and make mud, uh, and you know, and just get muddy and filthy, and you know, just in love with it. Uh, Jenny, about a dozen years ago, uh, actually, I think it was around two thousand twelve. Uh, Newsweek did an article about um, kids and play in the outdoors. And, and there, you know, 50 years ago, like, you know, when I was in fourth grade, uh, the, the kids would, would go as far as 12 miles away from their home in any day period. Uh, 25 years ago, that that range went down to one mile. And now kids don't even step into their backyard. However, the electronic social media thing gives them the entire world and beyond to explore mm-hmm. from their bedroom laptop device and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I'm curious to, to, to hear your comments, uh, uh, your, your opinion of how this entire time period this year, 2020, has been transformational for so many people. Uh, what kind of uh, inspiration are you getting? What are you seeing that's reversing that trend or is it reversing that trend at all?
2: i was sorry so. for the long
1: intro on that question.
2: No, that was amazing to hear. You know, that's why I think I did this or I started this work in the beginning was just because of the love that I have as a child and the wonder that I had exploring the natural world. And that's why I want to inspire that and the children I care for. I definitely feel like there is a new trend of people wanting to go outside. You see that people were like spending most of their time quarantined inside, which was necessary, right, for a long time. And now we wanting to explore and the one safe place that we can do all this stuff is in the outdoors. So I'm seeing so many families and so many caregivers and so many educators trying to find ways that they can do that. And really, that's what I think a lot of people do reach out to me with Nature Play Lifestyle, asking those questions. How can I go outside? How can I engage my child in the natural world? What things do I need to bring outside? So I'm seeing that starting to shift. I think people are feeling more comfortable going outdoors in their backyard, in their neighborhood parks, or wherever they might have to just explore and discover alongside their child, which I think is such an amazing thing that we get to be a part of and see that shift and that I can help support anybody that might need any support in finding ways to engage and connect kids to nature.
0: What are some pitfalls you see or know of that educators and youth development professionals do when they bring kids outside? So Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about what's what's some things that you see as a challenge and, and maybe some ways that educators can be prepared
2: Sure. I think the thing that I see most often is that educators, and I definitely fell into this, especially in the beginning when I started off as an educator outdoors, is that educators are super excited about what they're offering children, that they're not really listening to what the children are interested in or engaging or wanting to engage with. So I find that sometimes taking a back seat and really listening to what the children want to create and do helps me to realize what I want to help support them in doing. So I hear a lot of times the teachers are saying like, now we're going to do this, and now we're going to do that, and now we're going to do this. And instead of giving the children that space to transition, they're rushing things through. So I think that as an educator of an outdoor setting or any educators in general, or going outside with your kids, I think it's important to take that space to really listen to what they have to say, what they're interested in, and then really give them that space to engage in the natural world and help them and support them. I think if you're going to take a nature walk, really be prepared and think through what you want to bring with you on the nature walk. What kind of intentions do you have for the walk and how much can you, what do you wanna share and how much can you share without taking the spotlight away from what the children are interested in doing or what the children are saying. Cause I think that, yeah, children need that space to really have with their teacher to help guide them through that and through that hike or whatever they might be doing
0: preparation's key for anything we do, right? I mean, that, you know, if you're not prepared for your math test, you know, you're not prepared to teach that lesson, you know, going outside is, sometimes it's nice just to have a break and have no intention, yes. right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the balance of it, but when you do things with intention, I think you get better results, and and how dare we, as as youth development professionals, listen to children and what they want? I mean, <laughs> like, that's a crazy, crazy idea. It's so cutting edge, and well, really, what should be happening, right? We want to make sure of that. So, um, Jenny, we're going to take a quick commercial break, everybody, and we are going to come right back. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Expert Online Training. Al, you've used Expert Online Training. Tell us about it.
1: I have. I've been a past user and, and, and a big fan of expert online training. I've used them for our first-year staff. I've used them uh, for returning leaders. I've used them for our senior leadership uh, or what uh, some people call the, the directing team and I call the support staff. Uh, the different topics and presenters that they have really are worthwhile in tailoring training to your specific camp teams in so many different ways.
0: If you're interested in expert online training, go to expertonlinetraining.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks uh, for staying with us. Jenny, let's talk about nature play lifestyle. Where you are, where where are you going, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now with nature play lifestyle?
2: Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting, you know, I think about that often all the time of what I want this to be and who I want to be because of this. I think that the reason why I started Nature Play Lifestyle in the beginning was because I had this desire to share what I knew about nature and what I knew about children and what I knew about just being outdoors with kids and especially in the nature preschool realm That I wanted to share that with educators that are looking for ways to connect their children to the natural world whether it be a forest preschool or a nature-based preschool or even an indoor classroom. I wanted to be able to support them in finding ways to feel comfortable taking kids outside. So that's how Nature Play Lifestyle was born, was of a desire to just be there for people in my community and help them feel comfortable being outside. I think right now I'm at this space in my life where I'm trying to figure out where this is going to go and what direction I want to take this in. I'm finding that things that I thought would bring me joy, like writing a blog, aren't really bringing me as much joy as I was thinking in the beginning. So I'm finding that I'm more interested in helping people um, by like leading webinars or consultant work. And I find that that is where my true passion is, is just helping people by connecting with them and really sitting down and talking about the things that they're worried about or the things that they're having a hard thing, like a hard thing working with their child on. And I wanna be there to support. I think, um, I don't know where this is gonna take me. I really don't. I would love to see it grow and develop and reach more people and see if I can lead more workshops. I think that that's where my heart really is, is just supporting people that really want this work. And yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think that my Instagram specifically has like changed, like so much over the last couple of months that I've started because I just started Nature Play Lifestyle about, I don't know, like I think I hit like seven or eight months ago, so it's still in the baby seat, like the baby time, and I'm still trying to learn what I want to create, but it's been a journey, and I'm definitely glad I'm on this journey, and I've learned so many things I didn't think I would learn, like editing YouTube videos, never thought I would learn that, So it's definitely been a fun journey and something that I want to continue. I just am still like figuring it out.
1: Jenny, you you started this work uh, intentionally here. Uh, coinciding with the beginning of this whole pandemic and Mm -hmm. and social turmoil and all that sort of thing. I'm gonna go to my Richard Louv geek moment here. And uh, because we've all gone so virtual, you know, uh, Richard Louv wrote, unlike television, nature does not steal time, it amplifies it. Nature offers healing for a child living in a destructive family or neighborhood. So, as you've been working through this with families, with clients, uh, with with uh, other educators, uh, where are you? Uh, you know, where is that taking you? How, are you finding that uh, uh, Richard's quote is is true that that the technology is is uh, uh, is it hindering or is it amplifying what you're able to do?
2: I think in some ways it's it's helping because I'm able to connect with people that maybe I wouldn't necessarily be able to connect with in real life. And it's been amazing to hear different people's stories and different people's things that they struggle through, especially those of pe- people that are living in different areas of the U S and other areas as well. So I think it's definitely connecting us all together and I'm learning a lot from other people as much as I might be teaching and engaging with them and helping them. Um, but I also do find that I miss so much of that human connection and that human realness of like being able to sit with somebody and talk to somebody and really listen to what they have to say in person. So I don't see it as a big hindrance, I, but I do see that there are issues with just being able to just see each other on a screen, like even right now, I'm like, I wish I could just hang out with you guys in real life and just like sit with you guys and, you know, see you in real life. But I'm glad that we're able to still connect and do this virtually.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Right. And, and, and are are there stories that are emerging for you from families of, uh, you know, do are families grateful for this? Are they, are they looking to you and going, you know, help us, or is it more of, you know, walk us through this process, you know, or, or is it a combination of both?
2: I would say it's mostly a combination of both. I think some families have a grasp of what they want to create and like, feel comfortable being outside with kids but I think that some other kids or some other people are saying that they need that like walk me through how exactly am I going to go outside with my child what am I going to say with them when they say this to me or how do I engage with them when they don't want to leave a space and what do I say to them when they say like no and these are all things that we talk about together while I'm working with people and clients that I have, it's just really seeing what they need and then meeting them where they're at. And I think everybody has different things that they're working on with their kids. And I think it's just an amazing opportunity to be able to sit down and chat.
1: It's fascinating to me that, that we have uh, an entire generation of people out there who aren't clear on how to engage with their kids, with their kids Mm -hmm. in the outdoors, it's just absolutely phenomenal, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 to me, it seems like it's amplified it in so many different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. I have conversations with families and parents uh, in my work that um, uh, it's like, okay, here's step A, here's step B, here's step C, because they just aren't, you know, life is overwhelming. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, if we can, take it in bite-sized chunks. So do you have a a particular uh, family that you've worked with that that's been inspirational to you?
2: I think any of the families that have a challenge that they are coming to me with and that we're able to work together on figuring out a way to solve that challenge has always been a just something that has been to my heart where I'm like I love seeing your growth as an educator as like a parent caregiver educator but I also see such the value of the child for instance I work with I'm still working with some children in real life and some families that I've made connections with because of the work that I've done as an educator so I work in person with just a few handful of kids outside and one of the kids that I've worked with for the last three years had a really hard time talking about how they were feeling, and instead of being able to communicate how they were feeling, they were tending, or they were having a tendency to hit other kids. And as much as we want to talk about the behavior and stop that behavior from happening, we have to talk about why the behavior happened. So the child wasn't able to verbally communicate what they were feeling, and that's what made that child hit other children. So, working with that parent and talking about how we can set that child up for success, so talking about using can do, like you can't, if you're angry, it's okay to be angry, you can choose to like hit something else, but we are, you're not allowed to hit another child or me. That's not a choice. And just working with that parent to use that kind of language, because I think as parents and caregivers alike and educators, we sometimes end up talking a lot about the no's and the don'ts and the shouldn't and the couldn't (laughs) instead of what they can do. So it took us about like a year. Well, I saw a lot of progress before this, but it took us about a year to get to the point where that child was able to really regulate their emotions and their ability to stop. And then think what they were going to do next instead of focusing on that hitting, they were choosing to walk away and really talk about how they were feeling. So I think that that has been an inspiration for me to be able to see the work that I'm doing with the child and partnering with the parent and see how much work they are doing to help support their child as well.
1: It's clear that as an educator, you are thriving in in that. It's, it's your helping parents help their kids and helping kids understand their parents. Um, uh, so uh, do you have any particular approach with putting nature into work in situations like what you just described?
2: Yeah, I think that it's, well, let me think about that for a second. I think for me, it's all about working with the parent and the child to find ways that we can use the natural world. I think I find a lot of times that children need space and they need time and the natural world allows us to be mindful and to really be present in the world around us. So when a child needs space, if they're feeling angry or frustrated, they can sit down next to a tree or sit down with their back against a tree. And I find that that feels grounding to them. And I feel like they're able to really come back and try that thing again that maybe was frustrating them or making them angry. Um, I also find that children are able to just, if they are feeling those kind of emotions or even sad, being in the natural world allows them to just ground back into themselves, walk around, see the space, look closely at the natural world. And even if I have a crying child, I oftentimes find just sitting with them in the natural world and then looking at just different things that you see is soothing. Even for my heart, I find myself finding the natural world when I'm feeling dysregulated from myself
1: it, it 's uh, you know i 've talked about this in in four decades of running camp and outdoor environmental education and uh, uh, you know that uh, when when kids go outside when we go outside and, and create that community or that space, we tend to be more of our best self than when we are someplace else mm-hmm. and it 's helping kids and families understand that you don 't just have to you can take that home you can you can do that anywhere you are, you can be your best self. you don't have to be outside it's It's more engaging to be outside mm-hmm. uh, that's what you're talking about, correct
2: mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. wow yeah.
1: so, awesome, uh, so Jenny, one of the things we
0: emailed about before we talked was I asked you to come up with a few tips for mm-hmm. nature play, and it is. December when this episode airs. So it's uh, what we would call brisk outside. Um, So talk to us a little bit about some tips you would give parents and, and, you know, professionals working with uh, children on playing outside in winter.
2: Yeah, I think the first thing is gear. I think wherever you are, you're going to have different kinds of things that you're going to need. Like if you guys, you guys are in New York, so you're probably going to have more of like the winter gear kind of things where I'm in Seattle. So I'm going to have all of the rain gear because we have so much rain right now. So I think the first thing is finding the appropriate gear that fits your child, fits you because you're going to want to go outside with your child or the children you care for. So finding gear, there's so many pro deals out there. I'm always amazed at, as an educator, how many pro deals there are that we can take advantage of in order to get gear for us. And for parents that are looking for gear for their children, it's looking for, you can go to Goodwill, you can go to, you know, any thrift store and find gear for cheaper. Even online, I find that there's a lot of gear that you can find at Costco So gear is a really big part of being able to feel comfortable going outside with kids, right? And then when it comes to the nature play aspect, it's always, at least for me as an educator, I want to follow the child's lead and follow what the child is interested in order to make the time outside fun and engaging. So if the child is really interested in, let's say, building inside. like They just love to use Legos inside. They're always just building, 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 and creating. And you want to go outside and have them do that as well. So bring different things that they can do outside. You can even bring, if you want to, bring those Legos outside if you feel comfortable and have them build outside. So that's the first step is if you're not comfortable being outside and you don't really know what to do with your child, start with what they know that's inside and bring it out. And then if you're looking for like nature play opportunities, that aren't, that are fully outside and you don't want to have any materials out with you, I would suggest taking advantage of what kind of weather you have. So if you have the snow, do stuff with snow, like make, you can make, um, you know, snow castles or snow homes with the snow. You could be making animal habitats. Look for the animal tracks in the snow. Just engage with what you have and find things that you're interested in as well as the child, because if you're interested in it, the children are going to be interested in it just as much. And if you're where I am, where we have a lot of rain and just really cold, wet days, it's all about mud, mud puddles and jumping in the rain and finding the fun of rain. So we like to make water, like potions with the water outside. We spend time measuring out the water and pouring it into another container and making mud pies, like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, and just having fun in the rain. I know that for me, I don't want to always go out when it's cold and wet and rainy. I want to stay in and be cozy. So if I can find ways to be excited about the natural world, the children are going to be excited. And then I want to make it fun and bring out my best self when i go outside and bring those things that can keep them cozy warm so if they're complaining about being cold make some tea and bring tea outside you know it's always just trying things that help support them in being outside and feeling comfortable and you being comfortable too
1: i jenny i i'm uh love your enthusiasm and exuberance about you know, helping families figure things out, and uh, that's very clear. And, and as you talk and describe those uh, different things, um, I, I'm going to pull my my other Richard Louv quote out: "Is quality of life isn't measured only by what we gain, but also by what we trade for it." So, um, are you seeing that that folks are trading off to be outdoors more? I, I I'm genuinely curious if there's a trend towards, uh, this is, is it misleading what we're, you know, what, what, if you listen to the media all the time, it's like, we're all stuck indoors. We're all, you know, uh, masked up. Uh, but it seems like there's an opportunity here to be out more and, 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 and improve the quality of our lives when we do go outside. Are you finding that as historically, are you gaining momentum in what you're doing?
2: Yeah, I think that if you look at like nature preschools and forest kindergartens specifically, there are growing, growing, growing and growing trends that there's more people and more educators that want to bring this outside for kids and want to bring children outside. There's a lot of schools around the U.S. and other parts of the like the world <laughs> that are doing this as well of doing charter schools that are outdoors and wanting to do things like that with kids. So there is Uh, Definitely, I'm seeing this momentum and this desire. I think that it is some people that aren't able to, or I guess some people that are still learning how to do it. And that's where we have to help support them in figuring out ways to feel comfortable going outside with kids. So I think that there are people that are wanting this and there are people that are thinking about it and wanting to do it too. So yeah, I think that it's a bigger growing thing that we got to get outside instead of just staying inside during this time. And after this time, hopefully end somewhat.
1: Imagine yourself a year from now, Jenny, looking back on uh, yourself today and what you've created. Um, where do you see um, uh, y- your nature play lifestyle um impacting families the most? Let's say that the, the, the COVID crisis is coming to an end at that point.
2: I would hope to see Nature Play Lifestyle helping those families that we were talking about a little bit just before this in wanting to go outside. So those families that are thinking that the media is telling them that they have to stay in, feeling like they feel comfortable still going outside and finding ways to go outside. So I definitely feel like that would be my vision is helping those people that aren't able to figure out ways to go outside, feel comfortable going outside. And from a year from now, the people that I'm working with right now, if they are feeling comfortable being outside with their kid right now, I'm hoping in a year from now, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to take my kid outside. This is going to be great. So yeah, I hope that's what nature play lifestyle can inspire.
0: Thank you for joining us tonight. Jenny, tell us how can people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, you can get a hold of me from any of all my stuff is nature play lifestyle. So my Instagram is nature play lifestyle. My YouTube is nature play lifestyle. And my blog is YouTube or is nature play lifestyle. So anywhere that is, that's where I'm at. And you can come and feel free to reach out to me, email me. I'm always here to support anyone that's interested in finding ways to connect kids to nature
1: i watched several of your YouTube uh, videos and they're incredibly informative for families that are, are struggling. So uh, I highly recommend those. Uh, and for, you know, we have a, a, a big following of, of uh, youth professionals uh, on, on our podcast. Uh, please, you know, take a look at some of Jenny's um, uh, YouTube videos uh, and apply them in the work that you're doing with families as well. Yeah,
2: Definitely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
0: Definitely. So uh hang out with us just another moment. Uh listen to this commercial and we'll be right back. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. Uh it was just great having Jenny on. Her energy and passion for being outside was just inspiring. So Al, what'd you learn today?
1: Uh, you know, I, I and I'm going to quote Richard Louvre one last time. Um, it takes time, loose, unstructured dream time to experience nature in a meaningful way. And, uh, you know, when Jenny was describing working with that family and sitting down and sitting up against a tree, uh, you know, to help that that kid uh, figure out some of their feelings and and what was going on from them. That's the image I had that kind of loose unstructured dream time in uh, being out in nature. And you can tell by how she, you know, handles and, and the, her mannerisms that that's what she's trying to convey to the families. And if you watch the YouTube uh, videos, you'll, you'll get that kind of loose unstructured dream time with, Here's how you do it. You know, here are the steps, uh, and uh, you know, so you you know, just a a, a genuine educator uh, wanting to share her passion.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. If you run a preschool, a summer camp, an after school program, you're working with young children. Take an hour, watch the YouTube videos. They're great. There's some awesome content in there. Share it with your staff and have challenge them to not just go for a walk but to walk with intention and uh, being outside. So I think that's a big thing I learned. And, you know, kudos for her for starting this, this opportunity to do what she's passionate about. And then right at the beginning of COVID it, it, it started and she's had to kind of gone go digital and all the things that she's learning and we're learning too through our podcast is, is just been, it's been great. So Thanks, everybody, for for staying with us. Al and I hope you are all staying happy, healthy, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.